Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee on today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, and we start with local news. You may have seen that the Tennessean and our own Columbia Daily Herald published an article this past weekend on the most significant architecture in all of Middle Tennessee. Among the list, which of course included the iconic Skirmerhorn Symphony Center, Ryman Auditorium, the AT&T Batman Building, and the Tennessee State Capitol, were also found two buildings that had much in common, although most folks might not know it, the Murray County Courthouse and the Hermitage Hotel in Nashville. How did the Murray County Courthouse make us make such a prestigious group of architectural gems? In fact, it was the only non-Nashville building to make the list. According to the article, the clock tower and, quote, the way it presides over downtown Columbia. Driving into the public square, the courthouse built in 1906 is the first thing you see. And because it sits in the middle of the square, it is a force to be reckoned with and that it forces you to walk or drive around it if you want to get somewhere, unquote. Makes sense, but what is its connection to arguably the most beautiful hotel in Nashville in the Hermitage Hotel? The architect, of course, James Edwin Ruthven Carpenter, designed both buildings. Carpenter was born in Columbia, Tennessee in 1867. After attending local schools, he was accepted into MIT as an architecture student before going to France to study at the elite École des Beaux-Arts. Coming home to ply his trade, some of his earliest contracts were for the Murray County Courthouse and the Hermitage Hotel a couple of years later, along with the Columbia Arsenal, the Stallman Building in Nashville, and Kirkman Tower on the campus of Vanderbilt University. He later moved to New York City, where he saw an opportunity. Just as the grand mansions of the 19th century were being torn down on Millionaire's Row on Fifth Avenue, he devised of the new idea for housing the ultra-wealthy. Today, you can Google search J.E.R. Carpenter's name and still find it connected with some of the finest living in the Big Apple, as he's become known as the father of high-rise luxury apartment living. Of course, in the turn of the 20th century, he was building these palaces in the sky for the likes of the Astors, the Durants, the Rubensteins, and, of course, the Vanderbilts. You can own a Carpenter-designed apartment today. In fact, his 640 Park Avenue apartment is for sale, which features six bedrooms and six and a half baths, and it can be yours for the pittance of $21 million. Former paperboy and Spring Hill resident Richard Jackson remembers a time in the mid-1950s when Spring Hill had a population of 541 people, and he knew all of the residents on his newspaper route for the Daily Herald. Today, Spring Hill's last census count showed a population of 50,000 people. He also recalls when a nickel paid for one copy of the newspaper. Today, the cost of the Daily Herald is $1.25, $2 for the Sunday edition. But history is still being recorded at the Daily Herald and other varied mediums. Circulation manager Fred Chappell recruited Jackson when he was in the sixth grade. Chappell knew Jackson's family, and he believes that's how he ended up with his very first job. Recently, Jackson walked the same route with interested citizens and members of the Spring Hill Historic Commission, recalling historic structures in Spring Hill along the way, homes, churches, and places of business. 
giving one rolled-up newspaper a good toss while on the walking tour, he led about 10 people along Main Street, his old route where he delivered the newspaper almost five decades ago. With readership largely transitioning to online information, there are still many who enjoy the look, feel, and smell of a newspaper in their hands, with ink smudges and all. Arriving on his bike to meet the gathered tourgoers, Jackson jumped into character, slinging one of the vintage canvas-carrying bags over his shoulder with a Daily Herald logo printed on it. As Jackson walked around his old route, he carried a map with the names of families and individuals who lived in homes, now doctor's offices, coffee houses, and other local businesses. As he shared the stories and snapshots of a time long gone, tour-goers listened to the tales of a Spring Hill much smaller and simpler. Some buildings still retain a bit of the old Spring Hill look, he says, while some buildings are no longer there, leaving grassy lots sitting totally unrecognizable today. Jackson stopped in front of what is now the Fainting Goat coffee shop, where a teacher who has long since passed away, Miss Maddie Laura Harris, once lived. Alicia Fitz, vice chair of the Historic Commission, who also recorded video for the tour, told the company that an irony comes with the location of the Fainting Goat. Harris liked to keep to herself, especially in her later years, Fitz and Jackson both said. So when you go to the Fainting Goat, remember that the lady who once lived there probably would not have invited you in for a cup of coffee, Fitz said. The building at the corner of Depot and Main Street once served as a library, then a post office, eventually today becoming Jimmy's Cleaners and Alterations. On that same corner, a historic marker signals patrons toward the history-steeped Yule Farm, across from Cleburne Farm, approaching Sugar Ridge. Following a tour of Grace Episcopal Church, Jackson led the group across the street to a flat concrete slab where a co-op once operated. Today, the area just a mile or so down the road is a bustling little town that would not recognize its past self. Reminders like these were recalled as Jackson shared his accounts of the residents on the route and how they helped slowly shape Spring Hill into what it is today. Jackson's hope is that newer residents can get to know Spring Hill and the charm of its past, while longtime residents appreciate the walk down memory lane. You cannot begin to imagine what Spring Hill means to me, Jackson said. As a paper boy, I came to meet, know, and love the people on my paper route. And I often say I was very blessed that I got to discover America right here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. For more information or to sign up for a one-time indoor version of Jackson's tour at 6 p.m. on December 27th, visit the events calendar on the Spring Hill Library's website at www.springhilllibrary.org. Jimmy Campbell, affiliated with Crylek Realtors, was recognized as Realtor of the Year for the Southern Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors on November 12th at the Graymere Country Club in Columbia. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy was able to speak with Mr. Campbell about his honor. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I've had the pleasure of meeting with Mr. Jimmy Campbell, who this past weekend at the annual meeting of the Southern Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors was presented the award of Realtor of the Year. Congratulations, Jimmy Campbell. Oh, thank you, thank you. I tell you what, it was a surprise and, and just honored to to be selected. I can tell. And uh, Jimmy Campbell, folks, has been in the real estate business in one form or another 
here in Columbia, born and raised here, and been in the real estate business here in Columbia for 55 years or more. And I want to read, uh, Jimmy, just a little bit from the award, uh, what was said when you received it last Saturday night. And it says, while Jimmy has only been a licensed real estate agent for six years, his real estate experience began when he was just a small child working alongside his dad, James Jeep Campbell, who was a major developer in Columbia. During the six years that he has been a member of the Southern Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors, he has worked tirelessly for the real estate industry by getting members to invest in the political action committee where the funds are used to protect private property rights. Jimmy also works incessantly in our community by contributing his time and efforts in many different ways to the city of Columbia and Murray County. He has served 18 years on the Board of Zoning Appeals for the City of Columbia and on the Southern Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors Board of Directors for three years. He is also a part of the select few in Cry Lake Realtors Multi-Million Dollar Club. He has been and presently is in the top 100 sales agents from 2019 to 2020. He is a part of the Cry Lake Realty Firm's top club producers, as well as a member of the National Association of Realtors. Jimmy, this is a high honor, and uh, I just want to congratulate you. How does it make you feel? Oh, it it makes me feel great. I'm just so proud. Uh, And I look back at the history of this award. It goes back to actually 1979, and it's only been, uh, I will be the third Trilite agent to actually receive this award in 44 years. But I look back at the distinguished list uh, for the last 45 years, and I guess I know all of them but two, and, and some of them was even my partners at one time. But I look at, you know, Cyril Evers and... uh, uh, Sarah White and, and Ray Porter and, and Andy Aiken and, and those kind of people that led this thing off many years ago. And it's just an honor to, to follow after these people. Well, Jimmy Campbell, congratulations on this award and thank you for your years of service to this community. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed Columbia being here all my life, uh, contracted developer and now a real estate agent. And you know, I actually tried to retire about 10, 12 years ago, and my wife told me it was too much husband and not enough money to go back to work. So that's the reason I went and got my real estate license at a young age of 70. So, <laughs> Way to go. Jimmy, for more information about the realty services that you have available here in Columbia, where do people go? Yeah, we, we've got a website, uh, jimmycamelteam.com. Uh, got a telephone number, 931-626-6060. And, of course, maintain our office here at Crylight at 1118 Nashville Highway here in Columbia, Suite 175. We're uh, just glad to help you out any way we can. Just give us a call. All right. Again, Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio with Jimmy Campbell, lifelong resident of Columbia and Murray County, who this last Saturday night received the Realtor of the Year Award from the Southern Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors. Plans for Spring Hill Crossings, a 213-acre proposed mixed-use development, appear to be moving forward in its approval process, with planners approving its preliminary designs earlier this month. The proposed site would include 136,000 square feet of space, which would serve as a regional headquarters for the United States Tennis Association, 535,000 square feet of commercial development, about 1,000 hotel rooms, and approximately 17 acres of recreational area. There will also be about 2,000 residential dwellings, as well as a parking garage associated with the site. 
The proposed preliminary review was presented this month to the Spring Hill Planning Commission, where it received a favorable vote, although not without its share of concerns from planners. These were mainly in reference to the development's potential impact on the city's water and sewer capacity, as well as traffic and landscape design. Planning Director Peter Hughes said, While the plans aren't quite at that amount of detail yet, the applicant, Gamble Design, has provided details that have addressed planning staff's concerns as far as the general requirements at the stage. Staff had some additional comments, and the only outstanding issue is an updated traffic impact study, Hughes said. They've made great progress there and in addressing its conditions of approval, which were about 40 associated with this project from many different departments, he said. Final plans, when presented, would again receive a detailed review from planners who will provide a recommendation to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen, who will have final approval. Some commissioners, like Elizabeth Droke, were very concerned about the potential water and sewer impact, which Assistant City Administrator Dan Allen previously stated would generate approximately 500,000 gallons per day. The city currently has about 5 million gallons per day capacity, which sits at about 4.5 million in usage. We don't have this affecting our daily amount yet, but I need to know the reservoir solution the Board of Mayor and Aldermen has been discussing, Droke said. Is that a Band-Aid, or is it something that's going to have a much bigger impact to the capacity the city can handle? Allen said, based on the current rate of growth, the city is expected to hit its sewer capacity by 2025. A new reservoir project recently approved by the Board of Mayor and Aldermen to be constructed on city-owned property is expected to add the needed capacity, while also providing a new public space for pedestrians. We'll be able to pour our source water from the Duck River, basically draw it out of the river and pump it into this reservoir, which will process our drinking water, Allen said. That's the project in a nutshell. Getting the project completed will still take time, Allen added, requiring an extensive preliminary engineering packet to be approved by the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. In the end, the Planning Commission approved a favorable recommendation to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen, while also adding a condition that the Spring Hill Historic Commission provide a list of its own recommendations to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen, given the city's proximity to a historic battlefield. Planning Commission Chair Jonathan Duda, who was the only opposing vote, said more needs to be done in regard to the historic significance of the battlefield. I believe you all have done a fantastic job providing for the other things we have asked for, such as economic development, connectivity, but I just don't think it has gone far enough in regards to historic significance, Duda said. Columbia Main Street Corporation, in partnership with the City of Columbia, will host the 36th Annual Columbia Main Street Christmas Parade and Tree Lighting on Saturday, December 3rd, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. This free holiday celebration will take place in Columbia's historic downtown commercial district. The parade begins at 6 p.m. and marches east along the traditional parade route down West 7th Street into downtown Columbia. As the parade comes to an end, festivities kick off for the lighting of Columbia's 40-foot Christmas tree around 7.15 p.m. on the courthouse steps, hosted by national radio personality and owner of the Mule House, Blair Garner. Musical entertainment by Mackie Kaler rounds out the night's festivities. This year's parade and tree lighting is made possible by generous community partners and sponsors Stan McNabb Chevrolet Columbia, Mule Town Rec, Hampton Inn Columbia, Caledonian Financial, and Parks Bryant & Snyder PLLC. 
The parade lasts about an hour and features holiday-themed illuminated floats, marching bands, holiday characters, scout groups, dance troops, local churches, businesses, civic groups, non-profit organizations, and an array of construction vehicles, tractors, vintage, and classic cars. The esteemed vice mayor, Dr. Krista Martin, leads this year's parade as the Grand Marshal in honor of her 30 years of service and dedication to this community. After the parade, the tree lighting ceremony takes center stage with Santa lighting the Christmas tree, live musical entertainment, and the presentation of trophies and cash prizes to the best of parade winners. Columbia's own exceptional Blair Garner returns as distinguished MC for the tree lighting. Garner's notable contributions to the music industry are numerous, including his nationally syndicated country music radio show, dominating the airways for more than 30 years. As founder of the Mule House, his vision has taken shape for a world-class entertainment venue in just the first 18 months since opening in Columbia. The Mule House has quickly become a favorite event venue in Tennessee. Songwriter, recording artist, and entertainer Mackie Kaler is the featured musical guest for the tree lighting ceremony on the town square. Mackie Kaler's original southern swank and soul music blend has recently been seen and heard nationally on various networks, including The Family Channel, RFD TV, Heartland, Country Road TV, and more. His live shows with an all-star six-piece band have recently been heard locally at the Mule House, Puckett's, and Rory Feek's Homestead Hall, garnering a sizable local following for the winsome artist. We're excited about this year's Christmas parade and tree lighting ceremony, exclaimed Kelly Mesmer-Johnson, Main Street Manager and event organizer. We are anticipating another great year of festive parade floats with an added incentive of cash prize awards given out during the tree lighting ceremony, Johnson said. I'm also thrilled to share that Columbia Main Street Corporation has purchased a new 3D star topper that will debut at the tree lighting ceremony. You will definitely want to bring the entire family for this hometown Christmas spectacular, she said. It's not too late to sign up to participate in the parade. Applications are available at www.itschristmasincolumbia.com. A rain date is set for December 10th at 6 p.m. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Sue Willie Aldridge, Cleveland, 85, retired private sitter and resident of Columbia, died Friday, November 18th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Miss Cleveland will be conducted on Wednesday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 4 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. 
For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have lots of sunshine today and a high of 60 degrees with light and variable winds. Tonight, we can expect mainly clear skies and a low of 27. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwenGroup. Or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group. Land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. If you've got a yard, you may plan on digging in it. Like to build an addition. Put in a pool or bury your pirate booty. But you should know that throughout the country, there may be pipelines buried underground. And if you hit one, you've got trouble. Sorry. So before you dig, call 811 to have any buried pipelines located and marked at no charge. For more tips on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Here we go. 
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Nearly half of all new Tennessee Department of Children's Services caseworkers quit within their first year. Commissioner Margie Quinn said last week during a budget meeting to request increased funding to raise departmental salaries. Quinn called the turnover rate horrific as the department faces a challenge of correcting years of systemic staffing woes and increased numbers of children in state foster care. DCS reports a 47.7% turnover rate for first-year case managers in fiscal year 2023, with an overall average turnover rate just above 25%. It is no secret that DCS has failed to hire and retain staff, and as a result, has seen unusually high caseload averages throughout the state, especially in hard-hit staffing areas like Davidson County, Quinn told Governor Bill Lee and his budget staff. Davidson County is woefully understaffed, Quinn said, and the department has about 486 openings statewide that need to be filled. We think some salary increases will help us in these urban areas that are so hard hit. It is very difficult to staff at the opening salary of $40,000, which requires a college degree, Quinn said. That's a really difficult starting salary for some of these areas we're asking them to live, she said. DCS is requesting $156 million in new funding for fiscal year 2024, which begins July 1st, with a $15.8 million case manager salary increase. The budget request also includes a more than $30 million increase for providers, the contracted companies DCS often places children with, $5.7 million for adoption services, and $7.4 million for prevention services. A large chunk of the increase would be devoted to a new technology system. Quinn said Thursday that $69.3 million was needed to overhaul an outdated system that is responsible for tracking tens of thousands of foster child, foster parent, and providers' cases. Quinn said the state was already paying millions to maintain the outdated system. Quinn also requested $11.4 million for private provider case management as DCS struggles to keep its head above water due to the staffing shortages. The commissioner said Tennessee did not want to move toward full-time privatization, but a stopgap measure was needed as DCS worked to increase hiring and retention and meet its case management requirements. The department's total budget request was $1.3 billion, which is made up of a mix of state and federal funds. Though it will be months before the budget is finalized, it's likely there is legislative appetite to approve increased salaries for DCS amid its ongoing issues and warnings the department is operating at a critical overload. Quinn, who took over the department in September, has been frank with lawmakers about some of the department's issues in a series of legislative meetings through the fall. Lee has also indicated that DCS will be a high priority for his administration in his second term. We obviously know that we have a real challenge on our hands, and we are trying to be very proactive in serving these kids, Governor Lee said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Middle Tennessee Today. 
Sprinter and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story of the day. If you want to take time to enjoy your Thanksgiving guests without worrying about the hassle of prepping and cooking food, followed by the endless cleaning of dishes, then restaurants offering takeout Thanksgiving dinners are your best friends this holiday season. Here are some places in Murray County that will be providing Thanksgiving dinner to go. Tallgrass Meat Company, located at 510 North Garden Street, is taking orders for whole beef tenderloin and choice of bone-in or boneless prime rib roasts. Sourdough Bread from Laurel Mountain Bakery is also offered. It's a family-owned and operated farm and bakery and is available for pre-order. You can learn learn more and make your order by visiting www.tallgrassmeat.wixsite.com. Betty's Parkway, located at 912 Riverside Drive, is offering roasted turkey with turkey gravy, green beans, mashed potatoes and gravy, sweet potato casserole, and cranberry sauce, banana pudding, apple cobbler, and peach cobbler for dessert. You can find them at 912 Riverside Drive and visit them on their Facebook page to make orders. And, of course, Cracker Barrel is always an option with their homestyle turkey and dressing, chicken and dumplings, and the works. You can place your order by going to www.crackerbarrel.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.